25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Y The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. What's up? Here we go. Hour number two of the show has begun on this Tuesday in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau. Go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance in all 82 counties across the great state of Mississippi. Also staying connected to you around the clock because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, where they are customer-inspired. I'm Matt Beavers here. Thanks uh, to you for being here as well. Shoot those texts to me on the Country Pleasing text line at 885-ESPN. 885-ESPN. It's a 601 number. 885-ESPN. Text away, and I'll just might read it on the air. 885-3776. And I'd always like to hear your voice on the Divini Equipment phone line. Divini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. You're Kubota dealer. I learned one thing that was really cool about Divini. Uh, you know, this whole idea of if you're an essential business, you stay open. If you're not, you know, in a lot of cases, you close. Well, Divini is considered essential because they do so much parts and service for people who, farmers who are out here and they are essential in producing, you know, food and product. And so if a tractor needs to get worked on or if, a, you know, some piece of machinery, People are taking it to Divini. So Divini's open. Uh, Divini Equipment, phone line, 995-1059. And that's where Chris has been hanging on since, oh, about 10 minutes ago. And I appreciate that, Chris. Hope you're off to a good Tuesday. What's up? Oh, yeah, I'm good, Matt. I, I left your hometown, Tupelo, this morning, and I'm already down here in Jackson. Listen to head over to Shreveport. So. Ooh, you're putting in the uh, miles. What I wanted to – oh, Yeah. That's that's a normal day, man. Yeah. <laughs> but what I was going to say was, is, um, man, I, I will so gladly, I will be so glad when um, when sports get back just for one thing and one thing only, that I don't ever have to hear anything else about that stupid show, The Office. I hate that show. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like it one bit. And well, hey, that's okay. No. No, I mean that was kind of like that was kind of like when I was growing up. That was kind of like Beavis and Butthead and um, uh, Wayne's World. I thought those things were just so stupid. I was just like, whatever. So <laughs> I got um, you. But anyway, and the other thing I was going to say is like Peyton Manning. I'm I like the guy. He seems like a really nice guy. And I've actually met him in person, and mm -hmm. he was really nice to me and personable. But when he's on TV, it's almost like it's almost like he has stage fright. Or something because his humor is about as dry as the Sahara Desert. I mean, it's just some of the things that that he thinks is funny is just like okay. Really. <laughs> well, but see, so, I'm questioning. I, I'm questioning whether I ought to agree with you or not, Chris, because you don't like The Office. 
You know, I mean, I well, I find I'm all sorry. of it hilarious. See, and so maybe our senses of humor are on different wavelengths. I wasn't a huge fan of Beavis and Butthead. I pretty much thought it was stupid, too. There were some things I thought were funny, but, you know, for the most part, thought it was stupid. I, and I would say that you mentioned Wayne's World. I didn't watch Wayne's World and just gut laugh, you know, very much. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. But, I, you know, and the thing about Peyton. Nobody, none of us in our right mind would ever question that he would he could potentially bring this whole new level of knowledge about football to a broadcast, which would be cool. We'd tune in for that. And because he's Peyton Manning, he's a big star, you know. But what I think I was saying, and, and you're kind of touching on it from a different angle, is I just think that just because, you know, ESPN chased him down and made him turn him down doesn't mean it would be a great fit or a great thing and I'm just trying to picture hearing Peyton's voice during a three hour game and I'm just not sure it would work anyway so I guess we kind of well I mean that's kind of like how about I mean it's kind of like this it's kind of like Alex Rodriguez when they when they added him to a um to a baseball broadcast 90 percent of people hated it 90 mm. percent of people don't like that man yeah period and then you got the other 10% that think is cool, but that 10% is the ones that's paying the bills. So, but I just don't, <laughs> yeah. just because, just because, just because Peyton, what I'm trying to say is just because Peyton has knowledge of the game, doesn't mean that it's going to be watchable. That's, that's exactly right. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. that's exactly Honestly, right. if you want to know the truth, honestly, if you want to know the truth, Terry Bradshaw and Romo are just about the only two, um, players that's ever really been able to do what they do. Most of the time, it's coaches. Yeah, and I think that's the way they should go. They should go find them a good coach that's no longer in the business that wants to make the money and give it to him, because they can be coaches can just they can talk about it better and they can explain it better. Well, and look, they've been doing it all their life. Well, and let's you know we were talking about the product that it is now, Chris. And let's be honest, it's a tough act to follow Gruden in any broadcast booth. Hey, Chris, uh, I appreciate you listening. Have a good day, you too, man. Talk appreciate- to you later. Talk See to you later. See you. Appreciate you calling. Appreciate you listening as you travel up and down the road. And Chris, one of those truckers who uh, they are working their fannies off, hauling that stuff to me and you in both ends of the state and every corner. And so we certainly appreciate them and to every one of y'all that are sitting up there in that rig and two hands on that steering wheel and fighting off sleep. Let me just say for the rest of us, we appreciate you. We appreciate you. There's some other folks that I really appreciate, and I know you do too. We're going to get into some details right now. On the Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, you're a Kubota dealer. They're the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. Do you know that? That means they've been doing it better, longer than anybody else. Another company that's been doing it better, longer than anybody else in the state of Mississippi, C Spire. You know, you hear me say the number one network in Mississippi. Well, that doesn't just happen overnight, and you don't just snap your fingers. There's a lot of work, a lot of good people, and a lot of Mississippians that have kind of dedicated their life to building that company. One of those is Hugh Mina, CEO of C Spire, and he's on your radio right now. Hugh, I really appreciate some time here on this Tuesday. And, and you know, for a lot of us, we say, well, it's not a busy time, but judging by your Twitter feed and judging by the C Spire Twitter feed, it actually kind of is a busy time for C Spire, isn't it? 
Yeah, Matt, it's good to, good to be with you. Always good to talk with you. It's sure a very busy time, and and like the truckers uh, that uh, that you just mentioned and talked to, we're we're carrying the load as well. We've got a great team who really has just knocked themselves out over the last few weeks, and uh, first with good preparation, and now with good execution. And it's you know it's hard to execute when when uh, in a situation like this, but our team's doing a fantastic job. Well, they really are, and. So there are several things that I've noticed over the last, you know, 10 days or so that ha- has popped up on, you know, news feeds and, and I've been reading about that I'm curious about. And I have, Hugh, what for you might seem like very novice questions, but I'm just going to throw them at you and see what I can learn uh, today. First off, the the way that, that C Spire has gone in and is working with the entire state for to aid in connectivity for K through 12 students. Like my daughter, she's eight years old. She's at home. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So what is that? And how, how is C Spire pulling that off? Well, a couple of weeks ago, there was no way to know that, uh, we, that, that uh, uh, the education system would be sending all their students home. Uh, maybe, maybe a couple of weeks, not three weeks ago, certainly. And uh, when we heard about that, we did a couple things. One is we immediately added capacity to our network mm-hmm. and also made plans to add more capacity as this situation develops. Second, we knew that for the first time, kids who are learning at home would be going to specific websites and destinations to get the information they need to learn online. Mm-hmm. That Nobody planned for that. Nobody budgeted for that and all. So what we've done is whitelisted some of these sites, and that means we just don't bill you. It doesn't count as part of your data when when you go to those sites okay and so uh that was that was some one of the things that we do and you know one of the the reasons we do this for mississippians is um you know we just care about mississippi it's just part of our culture it's who we are we're you know mississippi is very very important to us and the people are very important you know when our when our team is doing work for uh uh their customers they're especially in wireless it is all about taking care of their friends and relatives and all who, mm-hmm. who live, work, and play in our great state. Sure. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that, Hugh. Yeah, because um, there, there's one site. I know uh, my daughter uh, goes to public school here in Tupelo, and every day her teacher has sent stuff. She has to get on a website that's called Prodigy, um, mm-hmm. and it's a specific site where she's got coursework and, and worksheets she's got to complete. And so you, you're saying that at Ceasefire, y'all have worked with the education system to say, what are these sites these kids have to get on? And we're going to make sure that through Ceasefire, they can get on these websites and it doesn't cost them anything. That's right. That's what we've been doing over the last week or so, trying to get, get prepared for this particular week. Hmm. That's, it's amazing. Um, now, the next thing I want to ask you, and I, I've actually talked about that on this show starting maybe as much as a month ago. And that is the Seaspire Health app. People who listen to this show have heard mm-hmm. me talk about it. And then when I saw this, you know, where we are with the coronavirus stuff and the need for testing and people getting sick, you know, immediately the light bulb goes off. So what's going on with the Seaspire Health app right now that my listeners need to know about? Well, uh, Matt, it's an interesting story. We have been working on this for uh, really almost a couple of years, uh, trying to introduce a very reliable telehealth app and all. Mm-hmm. So we worked with uh, UMMC 
And in the uh, second half of last year, we rolled out the Ceasefire Health app and uh, had good success with it and uh, started picking up steam with that, uh, especially as we got into the new year and uh, flu and cold season and all. Mm-hmm. And um, so we're rolling along, and then this COVID-19 or coronavirus breaks out, and we started looking at what might it take to be uh, specific to to add value in this specific situation. So we started looking at things and how we might modify the app and and, um, what all would have to be done if it was going to be used in robust fashion as it is right now as we speak and started making our plans. And then uh, last, I think it was last Wednesday, President Trump uh, got up in one of his press conferences and talked about how important it is to utilize telehealth, that people can stay at home and they can, you know, see see what their symptoms might be, talk to a clinician over the phone, and uh, be able to be able to uh, uh, utilize a a new a very new technology in that way. Well, once President Trump did that, uh, uh, we. Our partners at UMMC said, let's go. Let's get it done. Now, I don't know if that was a cause and effect thing, but it was interesting that um, that we all got ready to roll on, on that day after he mentioned that. And in a very short time, we were able to overhaul our app and remodel it to where it can be a COVID-19 triage app. And what I mean by that is uh, after someone downloads the app, by going to the App Store or Google Play Store, that uh, that when they utilize that app, they will have it be set up for a video conference call with a UMMC clinician, and that clinician is 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 trained to be able to tell by talking to the patient, you know, put them in like four different categories, which one of those would be go down to the fairgrounds and be tested, hmm. uh, and so that has gotten underway this week. It's been a very orderly process. Uh, there in the product that we tested, when I say UMMC tested, uh, 50-something uh, patients yesterday. Now, we had a lot more than that call in, but through the triage mechanism, they tested 50-something yesterday and, and are and probably do, uh, significantly more than that today. So it's been a good orderly process. Um, the professionals, uh, uh, clinicians at UMMC are really doing a great job. Our team has done a great job of getting this out and the technology transition for this particular item in, in less than a week and um, it's rolling along in orderly orderly and a safe fashion because when they go to the fairgrounds the um, the patients are staying in the car they're you know they're not huddling in a in a room together or anything like that they're staying in a car and the clinician goes to the window and does the uh, testing it's it's so uh, fascinating to me the timing for you. Hugh and that app with Seaspire because you know not not everybody listening would you know let, let's say believe in God or go so far as to believe in divine intervention but I do and I'm looking at it too. and I know you do too and you know you're for you're forward thinking okay and you get the Seaspire health app out and ready to go and it's usable you know, working on it for years, get it out there months before this hits. So then all it took is a tweak. I mean, because if you hadn't done that and the app wasn't sitting there usable when it was, 
you'd have been scrambling figuring out how to create this thing from scratch and, and which would just have been a daunting task considering but now you're able to use it i just i think the timing of that story is fascinating well timing is everything and the lord's timing is perfect so, you know, right that's just the way he, he works and uh you know i just i can't imagine going through a crisis like this not being a believer mm-hmm. I think, you know i just think it's a blessing to be and uh, and, uh, anyway, he knows what he knows, what's how this is all going to turn out. He's got it all in control. You know, uh, Hugh, yesterday I played a sound clip from, uh, the great Vin Scully who, a, oh, yeah. a writer out on the West coast was just bored, I guess. And he said, hey, I'm calling up Vin and we'll see what he says. And, you know, Vin Scully said one thing about this, he says, I do think it is a positive that it's encouraged us to pray a little more and to pray a little longer. You know, and I, I thought, well, leave it to Vin Scully to sum it up what we all think, but he could sum it up in one sentence, and that really is true. Um, but you no know, doubt about it. He, he was he's a classic, Vin Scully. He was almost as good as my uh, radio voice, other than you, Matt, but other uh, <laughs> uh, Jack Buck, who used to broadcast KMOX out of St. Louis. That's right. Those were two two great ones in the uh, in that generation. Well, and, and Hugh, you grew up in the Delta, right, in Clarksdale? That's right, yes. So I guess you were, you were getting those Cardinals games on AM radio back then in the Delta. We sure were. After the sun would go down, that 50,000-watt station from St. Louis would blast into uh, the North Delta, and we'd listen to the Cardinals uh, almost every night. Uh, I think my parents thought I was studying, but that wasn't, <laughs> I was actually back in back room listening to the transistor radio yeah well you weren't the only kid doing that though Hugh. see that's the thing you, <laughs> no, that's right that's right <laughs> you had a bunch who were doing yeah, that with you sure. well um but you know you learned uh, you learned to use your imagination to, listen to uh events on the radio and it's i think it's a good thing Cre- creativity and imagination is is stirred by that so I've, I've always been a big fan of uh especially sports over radio sure uh, but radio in general well, and in this day and time, as we were talking earlier, um, you guys at C Spire have found creative ways in crunch time to help people. So on behalf of citizens and uh, folks and listeners, we say thank you. Before we get done, Hugh, um, people, especially in Jackson Metro, listening right now on the Zone ESPN radio, they need to get that C Spire health app, right? Because, I mean... Whether it's today or tomorrow, they may have a need for it and can video chat with someone at UMMC if they have that app on their phone. That's right. And all they need to do is go to the Apple App Store and look for the C Spire Health app. Mm-hmm. It'll say something about COVID-19 on there, but if they, they type in C Spire Health, uh, they'll get to where they need to go. Or if they have an Android device, go to Google Play Store mm-hmm. and uh, do the same, C Spire Health. And it's... Um, it um, hope, hopefully it will continue to do what it has done so far, and I know our team will make sure that it does. Perfect, Hugh. I really appreciate it. Um, maybe the next time that we're on, it's uh, under happier circumstances, and we can get into the story of how you ordered a pizza to the dugout during a little league baseball game. Um, but we'll save that for another <laughs> well, day. <laughs> well, I had to do something when I was sitting on the bench. That sounded like as good as any. <laughs> you know, and it, it and that's right. That I think that philosophy has served you well, right? Like I'm not gonna just sit around I'm not gonna sit around and do nothing. I gotta do something. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's great. All right, I appreciate the good time. To talk you, with you, Matt. Yeah, good to talk with you All as right, well. I appreciate it. Thank All you. Right. All right. Bye. Bye. 
That's Hugh Mina, CEO of Seaspire. Listen, um, you guys here on the show, if you've been tuning in now, like I said, for more than a month, uh, you've heard me talk about the Seaspire Health app. Obviously, things went and picked up another notch when um, the COVID-19 coronavirus started making its way into our neighborhood. But here they are now with that app. And they're doing so many other things as well. You can learn about it. Look at their Twitter account, at Seaspire. But that's one thing you need to be aware of. Beaver, I'm telling you, uh, tell the folks in the office, tell other people, especially in the Jackson Metro, you know, right now, you get that Seaspire Health app, put it on your phone. You get to feeling iffy and you think you've got signs and symptoms. Open that thing up, click it. You're going to be talking to a clinician via video chat at UMMC. And then you go through the triage um, kind of process, they're going to be able to determine if you need to get in your car and go down to the fairgrounds to be tested. If you go, as you heard Hugh say, you go and you're tested, you're going to stay in the car. But there may be some cases where you don't need to go and be tested. So um, I think it's a, a really neat thing. And I'm learning about it uh, as we go. And as a parent, too, I really do have a soft spot for a company like Seaspire jumping in there and making sure that any of these educational websites, any kid in the state of Mississippi K through 12, if they get on that Seaspire network trying to access that particular website where they got to do homework on it or it doesn't cost anything against their data package or anything, it's totally free. Great stuff from a great Mississippi company. All right, rolling along here, Hour 2. Got some sports to talk about with you coming up. Stick around in the Farm Bureau studio. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. All right, here we go. Back on the show, I'm Matt. Live in the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau. Go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, local insurance agents in all 82 counties across the state of Mississippi. You need to hit them up if you haven't already. All right, so... Movers, shakers, big-time thinkers, people that have access to the information. What are they hearing? Well, all right, so who are they? You know, that's why here on recent shows I've played for you a soundbite or two from Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC. My thought is that somebody like that has access to information. Look, I'll be honest with you. This is the truth. If Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the Southeastern Conference, wants to get on the phone with the president, he can do it. They they have information. They can get it. Well, and that's why I've played some of those sound bites for you because it sounds like they don't really know. Even the people at the very top are looking for answers. Nobody's been through this. You heard Chris Lamonis say that yesterday. I found these sound bites interesting. This is from an interview done by uh, WFAA TV out in Texas, I believe, uh, talking with Mark Cuban. He is the 
He is the uh, owner of the Dallas Mavericks in the NBA. Listen to what he said in the uh, interview. See if you agree with this. I think we're not there yet, but we're getting closer and closer. Closer. Um, I think it's hydrochloroquine. That's the way it's pronounced. Is one drug they're looking at. They're looking at other therapies that they're testing that are starting to help. Once we have um, a medical light at the end of the tunnel where we know what the worst case is, then, okay, we can start venturing outside and being in groups of 10 and instead of mm-hmm. being by ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. And then groups of 25 and then 50 and go from there. Um, so I think that that's the first step, and I think that's going to happen um, a little bit faster than we originally expected. All right. So, again, what he's saying is, some type of treatment, uh, vaccine, something. He, this is what he's pointing to, saying that's the key. You know, I took it as, and I'm gonna I'm gonna show you why. I took it as this is somebody with 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 pretty good access, and he's saying, look, you'll start to see things trickle back out into normal life. You think once we start identifying how to deal with this illness when it pops up, whether it's a vaccine or something. He went on. We've got to get to a point where our scientists have come up with not a cure, but a therapy that we know minimizes the impact of the virus. So that if we get this into a person um, quickly enough, that A, they're not going to die, and B, hopefully they won't be scarred or damaged for life. Mm -hmm. Once we do that, then we have a path out. Okay. Again, now that's, it's one person. And it's an owner of an NBA team, okay, Mark Cuban. His message in that interview was singling out, drawing a red circle around treatment. Not necessarily even a cure, but the an acute, which is, you know, in other words, very specific treatment, vaccine, medicine, to deal with this virus. And when that happens and when that's identified, then you can start to feel, okay, now progress is being made. We're going to pop back out there. That's what he's saying. My question is, I don't know the answer. My question is how long? I mean, how long before something like that happens? Jason on the country pleasing text line. Now, this may be in regards to the uh, interview earlier, too, but he says uh, it's going to take private companies like C Spire to get a handle on the testing. The federal government aren't capable of wiping their rear ends without spending a week pointing fingers at each other, screaming, you started it. Jason, absolutely, 100%. I am so in agreement with you. You get a round of applause. Let me tell you something. Listen to this statement. Everybody listen. I'm not saying this with any kind of political agenda. I don't have one. I don't like politics. I don't keep up with it. I don't know it. Don't care about it. I don't have respect for it. And I know that's dangerous, but it's the truth. Okay, I'm just being truthful with you. I'm being honest. I turn my nose up at all of it. But when I've seen what I've seen over the last 24 hours or so, in, in regards to you know the stimulus as it pertains to just everyday people, small business owners, families, moms and dads, working people. Let me just tell you something. This is the this is the final diagnosis. 
You cannot depend on your government to take care of you, to provide for you, or to even genuinely care about you. Your government is not the one or the entity that you need to depend on for any of that. You cannot depend on them for that. Jason is exactly right. It is a clown show in Washington, D.C. Walk down the aisle in the middle with me. Because on both sides, it's a mess. Bring your brooms, because it's a mess. And you're right. (laughs) Hey, did you pick up that reference? (laughs) Yeah, the campaign. (laughs) Well done. Thank you, sir. My impression stunk, but hey, bring your brooms because it's a mess. Not a mess, a mess. (laughs) But let's stay in the aisle because I'm telling you, it's a mess on either side. And, And Jason is exactly right. They cannot do anything without pointing and kicking and screaming because there's an agenda on either side. We're in a situation now where the stimulus for you, the everyday working person, is held up and paused because now both sides want to get the credit for putting it out there. What they don't understand is they don't get credit for it. We don't care. Just get it out. Not giving you credit, not giving either side credit. Credit for what? Doing what you're supposed to do? I don't get credit for doing my job. Hey, Matt, you finished a two-hour radio show today. Credit? You don't get credit for doing your dang job. It's impossible for the American people to be more disappointed in elected leadership in Washington, D.C. than it is right now. All right, off of it. Stepping off the box. Anti-shark Rebel Paul is on the phone over here on the Divinity Equipment phone. Hey, Paul. Hey, guys. What's going on? Yo. Well, I've enjoyed the show, and I agree with what you said. It's definitely a joke in Washington, and... You know, I've, I've thought about calling a couple of days, and I, I hadn't done it, but I'm just kind of feel compelled to call today. All right, what's and up? I I uh, I worked in the industry for 33 years. With you know, it, it was in the food business and animal science, and I've I've been associated with some of the greatest minds. You know, from Mississippi State, Auburn, University of Arkansas, Mm -hmm. uh, Penn State, in um, animal science, veterinary science, nutrition and everything. And what we're doing right now, and you can go online and read a report from an epidemiologist from MIT. It is impossible because this disease is in 100 countries Mm -hmm. to cure this by isolation. It ain't going to happen. And if you look at the statistics, and I went in and I looked, uh, and they broke it down by age groups and the mortality rate. You know what the mortality rate is? Uh, Zero to 10? What's that? Age-wise, it's zero. 10 to 19, zero. Mm -hmm. 20 to 29, 0.3%. In other words, three out of a thousand. 30 to 49.1. In other words, one of a thousand. 
fifty to sixty four or one point four. And Paul, let me let me hold on. Let me get you to pause for a second. I was just going to interject that the the mortality rates seem to be something that people argue about. Like, you know, every time somebody brings up the information you're bringing up, saying you know the mortality rates wouldn't dictate that we stay at home, then people start arguing about that. You know, right? And what I'm telling you is straight from the CDC. Okay, straight from the CDC. And the other information is out of MIT and an epidemiologist that's saying, you know, I mean, you know, we've encountered polo, measles, SARS, H1N1, and we've never, ever gone into isolation. And there's a thing, and you can look it up, it's called herd immunity, H-E-R-D, immunity. Uh And the only way that you... And that's what's eliminated a lot of the diseases. Enough people, younger people or healthy people, that build an immunity to it, and they pass on that immunity. Right. And and right now, most of the people that are dying are elderly or people with underlying health conditions. Okay. And, and we're shutting down the entire economy of the world, mm-hmm. and that is not the cure. Yeah, and, and you're you know, saying I, that according to their, you know, research. The only way that you come up, the only way that we develop an immunity to anything is to be exposed to it. That's um, exactly right. Hey, that's and Paul, just, um, that's just common sense science. Right, and Paul, if you if you want to add to that, I welcome it. You're welcome to hang on. We got the music going right now. We're going to break and come right back. Feel free to hang on if you got some more. I'll come right back to you. I'm Matt. If you want me to, I will. Yeah, please do. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau Studio. Okay. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. show we're gonna drive it on into the barn here over the next few minutes get you home safely in your driveway liberty university in virginia liberty university welcoming back students to campus this week despite explicit social distancing guidelines from both the white house and the state of virginia amid the coronavirus outbreak university president jerry falwell jr Longtime supporter of President Trump said in a statement on Monday that he had been in a conversation with the Council of Independent Colleges in Virginia to determine how to allow students who wanted to return to the to the let me hold it back up punt Matt punt to the Evangelical Colleges Lynchburg campus to do so while still following the guidelines they put out. He said, "Our thinking was." Let's get them back as soon as we can, the ones who want to come back. How about that? He said that somewhere between several hundred to more than 5,000 students are expected to be living in Liberty's dorms as classes resumed Monday. All right. 
Let's finish it up uh, with Paul on the Divinity Equipment phone, and then I'm coming to you, Joey, and I appreciate you hanging on as well. Paul, uh, we we took a break, and now we're back, so I wanted you to have a chance to finish up. Well, you know, what you just said about what Liberty University is doing is really the right thing to do, and, you know, we're not going to resolve this issue with isolation. And, you know, I mentioned some of the universities. That's, I've been in the poultry industry for 33 years and uh, general manager of, of a couple of companies. And, you know, the University of Georgia, Auburn, Mississippi State. And, yes, I'm an Ole Miss fan, as you well know. Mm-hmm. But Arkansas and Penn State have some of the most brilliant people in the world when it comes to epidemiology, veterinary science, nutrition. And their, you know, response to different things that we've seen over the years, um, you know, mm-hmm. you just can't do what we're trying to do as far as isolation and, and cure this disease. And, I mean, you tell me in our, in the history of our country, the things that we've been through, polo, mm-hmm. measles, SARS, mm-hmm. H1N1, did we go into isolation like this? No. No. Mm-hmm. Did those um, different diseases depopulate the entire world? No. Yeah. And people need to look up Google. Herd, H-E-R-D, immunity, and study this and see what people are telling. And, you know, an, a leading epidemiologist from MIT, yeah. uh, which is as good as it gets, says yeah. that isolation is impossible to cure this disease. Yeah, it's not going to cure it. it it's almost, it, you know, I take it, it Paul, as, um, and, now, and, and Paul, I'm going to... Um, kind of finish up and then jump over to Joey. But Paul, what I'm thinking is, you know, I, I agree. And I think everybody knows this. It's just, I take it as the, the medical community without some type of vaccine or any, any really like grasp on this thing. It was just a temporary measure to get people to stay away from each other until they could figure something out. But I'll tell you this, Paul, as Jason says right now on the country, please and text line, he said, well, so Liberty's either going to break the wall or be the example, one or the other. And 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 I, I find it very interesting. Paul, I appreciate you. Yep. Thanks for listening and calling. All right, buddy. And I, uh, you know, like I said, I'd hesitated about calling and talking about it, but oh, I fine. think people really need to understand that what we're doing right now is wrong. It's not going to cure this disease. And the mortality rate does not exceed 1% until you get to 50 to 69. Hmm. And then it's 1.4. That's 14 out of a thousand. Uh, and you, and generally that has been contributed to people that were older or, or had an underlying health problem. Right. So right. we're not doing the right thing. We need to get out. And, you know, when you said a while ago, one of the things that I call was that I think I understood you to say that our governor is getting ready to shut down everything. Well, I didn't say it. Uh, it might have been during something else. Uh, I don't think I 
said that, but seems like maybe I saw a tweet or something about it. But right, that that, that may be possible. Yeah. You know, in Sunday, uh, and I live in Forest, Mississippi. Um, it was so strange to see the first United Methodist Church and the Baptist Church not have any services. Yeah. In the church I went to, the Presbyterian Church, only had twelve people. Hmm. Well, and, you were too over the limit. <laughs> well, yeah, we were. But That's right. Paul, thanks for the call, man. Yep, call me anytime. Joey, I really appreciate you hanging on very much. Thanks for calling. What's Matt, up? Matt White, there is so much in that call we could pontificate on. But here's here's what I want to get back to. Um, when When you were talking about and I'm like you. I don't want to go down the political aisle either. But it's something that I read from Forbes magazine, who's obviously been following finance for and knows way more about money. They forgot more by noon yeah. than me and you are going to learn in right, our lifetime. Right. Um, and, and that's probably literal. Um, <laughs> right. anyway, 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 to that point, the, the hang-up, do you know what the current hang-up on, the real current hang-up on releasing this bonds is? I don't know. The bill is, the bill is kind of written. It's, in, it's intended to pass, but there are a vast majority that want this bill to go by uh, digital currency, Matt White. That's what they want. Hmm. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you the answer to why we don't want that. I want anyone that cares. Let's let's. All these opinions are fine. Everybody's allowed to have their opinion, but I'm just dealing where facts line up with facts, man. Mm-hmm. If if we know that they want to push digital currency, that they've made that clear to in Forbes magazine, and their their people that follow what's going on have kept up with that. And if you believe the Bible. And I would submit to you to open Revelation 13, read the whole chapter, but focus strictly, focus very hard on 13 through 17 as you read that, Matt. What chapter? And you'll see what Revelation 13. Okay. And you will see what these people are trying to do. You know, and a quick eight-week Western civilization force will teach you that no government's ever been able to change a people's mind without some kind of crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, that's—I'm not—I'm I'm not in any conspiracy theory. I'm not saying they created the disease. Uh, please don't infer that or, or receive that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying they're opportunists, and they want to make us a cashless society. And I don't know whether that's a good or bad thing. I just know that it fulfills Scripture, Matt. Hey, it's right there for you to look at. Joey, should I uh, do like Cousin Eddie and go bury some cash out in the yard and some coffee cans? Um, I, I think you'd be... Here's the thing. The Bible says if it be possible, the very elect shall be deceived. So I, I don't know about you, Matt, but I don't want to take that mark. Um but if if the government starts controlling how we get our money, they're even propositioning that they will use the postal service for people who don't have bank accounts to access their money. Hmm. So we're just going um, to if that isn't if that if that isn't a government takeover, I don't know what is. So 
and, and whether we should isolate or not, no one said that was a cure for the disease. I haven't heard a single person say that. It was like you said, that's an opportunity to control the spread of it. And I'm right. going to tell you what, the difference in empathy and the difference in sympathy and empathy is sympathy is you heard somebody's uncle had this terrible disease. Empathy will be when your uncle gets it. Yeah, so until right. then, I really don't know how I feel, Matt. Well, and I'm today is an odd day for me, too, because I have a close. Well, I'm not going to go into details, but I have a close family member who I was talking to today and has been going through some stuff the last several days and is about to go get tested, you know, so. Right. And and so you're in a place that I can't understand. And, and you're thinking, gosh, I, I don't know who bred that on them, but had they not been at home? The, the scary thing of this is it takes one to 14 days to know it. If I cough on you and give you the flu, right, mat, right. It, 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 by the night, you're going to go, man, something is wrong with me. Well, and, and, and you're going to get in a bed and get a shot and, and be, you know, and, and try to stay, and you're going to naturally stay away from other people. Now, why wouldn't we want to do the same thing for this goofy disease? Right. Joey. Just like a good radio host. I'm sorry, man. No, no, no. Look, look, look. I was going to say, just like a good radio host, you took us right up to the music. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm using logic again, man. I wasn't supposed to do that. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. These days, logic kind of stands out. It's gone out the window. (laughs) No, it hasn't (laughs) gone out the window. Appreciate the call. Call me anytime. I'm going to go see. I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm going to go read up on Revelations 13. All right. That was a little flurry at the finish. I appreciate Paul and Joey and strong opinions are always welcome. Thanks to Beaver. I'm Matt. See y'all tomorrow. See you. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show.